Phyllis, I think I have forgotten how to record a podcast. It's been so long. Podcast? What's a podcast? Sounds like a convention of beans or peas to me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. When was the last time we, we actually sat down and recorded an episode? Before the conference. Yeah. That was the 1st of November. It's been over a month. Yeah, wow. Wow. conference. That conference material was golden, man. That man, was so good. good. I'm enjoying it so more. much. And the the Hope Church worship band. Oh yeah. The intros in the beginning, man. I'm I'm enjoying getting to share that with everybody. It's amazing. Hearing awesome feedback on that, by the way. It's been real oh, good. That's good. Let's talk a little bit more about it on the other side of this awesome intro that I haven't heard in a long time. You want to get this thing started? I do. I'm ready. Let's go. The Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast begins in three. These podcasts, <laughs> podcasts, that sounds like a convention of beans or peas to me. I, podcast. Listen, in these recovering fundamentalists, they don't know the Bible either. What are the fundamentals? Inerrancy, virgin birth of Jesus Christ, Amen. substitutionary atonement, Amen. bodily resurrection Amen. of Christ, and the authenticity of miracles. Hi, man! Two. I am not a recovering fundamentalist. They're everywhere. They're all over the internet. They want to be, uh, what do they call it? Recovering from fundamentalism. They're everywhere. And I think to myself, well, you were just stupid to begin with. And if there's such a word, you're stupider now. We ain't recovering from nothing good, neighbor. We're reviving from the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, Everybody wants to focus on recovering. Oh, you're recovering. Oh, you need yeah. help. You need therapy. You're recovering. Let's focus on fundamentalist. We're recovering fundamentalism back from people who have hijacked it. We are biblical Phew. family. We are the fundamentalist. Man. That'll make a Baptist want to speak in tongues right there, boys. One. I'm going to tell you one thing. Uh, we better stay uh, in the old paths. But what are the old paths? I've heard that my whole life, and nobody's ever been able to tell me what the old paths or the old time religion really is because it's whatever era you mm -hmm. overly romanticize in your mind as being when the church was it. right. Mm. Like it, lump it, pump it, chump it, take it across the street and dump it. We've raised a generation that is ashamed of our forefathers and act like they were somehow done wrong in the way they were brought up and they were damaged and they were scarred because they were raised in a home that had standards and convictions and kept them on the old time way. You got their number, boys. Y'all thought you started the podcast. You went and started the movement. Thanks for joining us for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Make sure to stay tuned at the end of the show to hear more about the RFP sponsors. Now, here's your host for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, Nathan Cravat, J.C. Groves, and Brian Edwards. Well, hey there, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Merry Christmas Eve, Eve. And uh, guys, can you believe we have already made it to Christmas and 2023 is knocking on the door. And uh, year number three of the podcast, or will it be four? Four. We'll start it before. Yep. Wow. That's three full years. 
Wow, we that's amazing. It. Looks we, like we made it. Sing it, Shania. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, time's flying so fast now that even my 22-year-old daughter the other day said, Daddy, it just seems like we just started fall. Yeah. And then now it's already Christmas. Where's time going? And I said, well, sweetheart, just wait. Just wait till you get 41 like me. <laughs> yeah, when you're, 40, when you're 47 like me, it feels like, wow. It was it was just Y2K, and now here we are yeah. in 2023. My parents still have probably 70 gallons of water in mason jars in the basement for Y2K. <laughs> hey, why were people afraid of their Tandy computers crashing? Oh, man. <laughs> what were you really going to lose? Oh, man. What's the prophetic country song? Time marches on. Time marches on. That's two country references right here in yeah. That is, hey, in this new year, are we going to hear more of JC singing than Brian? Ooh. Because that used to be Brian's thing, and then he just quit singing on us. Have you lost the joy? Have you lost your song? <laughs> well, my ten, my tens of fans haven't requested anything <laughs> recently. Hey, guess what, JC? What's that? Brian Edwards was in Asheville, North Carolina last night, and Whoa. he spoke for our christmas gathering and then or, or before that kelsey led worship which was amazing they both did great i'm gonna be posting those yeah. by the way it was amazing and then afterwards brian surprised us all he turned around and grabbed the guitar and led us in worship by singing silent night and it was awesome man i i i got more brian edwards singing than i've heard in Whoa. a while since the conference that's the most I've sung in a long time. You know, even at the conference, I just don't sing anymore, guys. I, I look I look at it like I had my time and my day, and I enjoy yep. it. And now I just enjoy cheering other people on and seeing all these babies grow up and all of them singing. And, you know, Jonathan even falls into that category. He's uh, he's the biggest baby uh, we've <laughs> got, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but I just enjoy seeing all them serve Jesus, and I've I've enjoyed being a cheerleader. JC, I wish you could have been here because Brian's up there singing just like spur of the moment. Didn't practice, just grabs a guitar, starts singing. And me and Kelsey are like, man, he's got such a great voice. He needs to sing more often. That's awesome. And then afterwards, he is like, that's terrible. I'm never going to sing again. Why Why do I even try to sing? I can't <laughs> sing I anymore. <laughs> and we're just like, man, that, that's. I wish I could sing like that. And he's just like, nah, that sounds yeah. terrible. <laughs> I thank God for merciful listeners. That's what I thank God for. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, speaking of hope worship, man, they did an incredible job at the For the Sake of the Gospel Conference. Jonathan actually just sent a text message to me and Nathan with one of the edited uh, songs that they opened up the conference with, and it's whew, it's so good. So good. Yeah, I'm grateful for those kids. They're They're dedicated. They're serious about it. They love Jesus. And um, I keep yeah, telling them grateful. that Hope Church, Catoosa County is looking for some worship leaders. So, <laughs> yeah, come hey, on down to ever, If you look, this is what you need to do next time. You need to bring a couple of pieces of Champy's chicken oh, yeah. and a cooler oh. so it's still warm when you get here. And that you'll have them hooked. They'll be That's on their set. <laughs> That's the truth. That's crazy. And in Asheville, Brian, you haven't tried it yet, but we've got Rocky's Hot Chicken Shack, and I'm telling you, on some levels, it, it might be better than Champy's, but it Ooh, can definitely that's compete. A big, that's a bold statement right in, there. In some areas, they have some different things, 
their rotisserie chicken is out of this world. They do a Nashville hot chicken, which it's got, oh my word, it's it's amazing. There's I don't know how to describe it. Do y'all remember Kenny Rogers Roasters? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. The rotisserie's going rotisserie around it. Kenny Rogers Roasters. <laughs> I love Kenny yeah. Rogers. You had that cornbread that was like cake and the mash, macaroni and cheese. Man. It was so good. Kenny it was, Rogers Roasters. It blew Boston Market away. Yeah, oh, yeah, it did. We had one of those right over here in Chattanooga, and my parents, we used to go there like once a blue moon and it was like we're getting dressed up we're going to kenny rogers roasters <laughs> i'll never hey. forget that we thought we were in heaven we went to kenny rogers roasters well unfortunately people didn't know when to hold it and so they went ahead and fold it oh man <laughs> third country music reference yep <laughs> i love it well boys we are just a few days away from jumping on a plane with about 33 of our friends and heading over to the country of israel for an incredible opportunity that we get to go uh, see the Holy Land. And uh, it's too late to sign up. Sorry. But uh, <laughs> we're going to be uh, letting you know all about it. We're going to do some episodes from there. I'm excited just to hang out with a bunch of pastors in Israel for nine days. Guys, this is going to be a great trip. And I'm actually going, JC. You can ask me now. Hey, bro, Brad, have you signed the- up? I have. Yes. I have and signed your, up. And your passport is in hand. Yes, my passport is in wow, hand. Wow, you know, that's amazing. It is. So I'm going to let the fam know what exactly happened. So I was never planning on going. I I don't love to Shocker. travel. I've done enough of that in my <laughs> lifetime. And so I told JC and Nathan, you guys can handle this one. So I had no plans of going until my daddy came up and said, Brian, I heard about that Israel trip. And, you know, I'd, I don't know how much longer I'd be able to go or how much longer I'm going to be around. And I just thought how great it would be if me and you got to experience that together. Wow. And uh, finally go to the Holy Land together. Look and, of that. course, I said, oh, man, absolutely. I couldn't wait to go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yes, I am going. Man. All it took was your dad and then Marcus Merritt jumping in and helping y'all get your passports in. And I'm so excited. It's going to be the trip of a lifetime. You're going to love it, Brian. You're going to be so glad when you are paying your money to get into the Jordan River and get baptized and then pay again to dry off with a towel. You're going to be like, I'm so glad I came to Israel. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm hope I think it will be yeah. great. That sounded so. <laughs> yes, I cannot wait. No, it'll be yeah. great. I'm sure it will be. Are you looking forward to the 12 hour flight? Yeah, that's what I dread. I don't like airplanes. You know, Jesus said, Lo, I'm with you always. <laughs> and, and so flying just doesn't, I just don't like it. You know, think about it like this every flight is a hostage situation. Yeah. You're confined without any control and you're completely at their mercy and you're powerless. So every flight is a hostage faith situation. Faith over fear, brother. Faith over fear. Hey, just sit in the back of the plane. You've never seen a mountain back into an air. Uh, or, you've never seen a plane back into a mountain. <laughs> I'm Sorry. sure that'll help. Oh, that was you've also that never, back into anything. <laughs> yeah. You've also never heard that redneck on the news who said that fall from 40,000 feet was terrible. <laughs> never heard that guy either. <laughs> well, guys, we are right here on Christmas Eve Eve, and we just wanted to jump on here 
because it has been a minute since we have done an episode. You've been hearing some incredible content from the For the Sake of the Gospel Conference. We've got three more messages that are coming. One of those might be the best message you will ever hear in your life. Craig Edwards brought one of the best messages uh, I think I've ever heard. Um, Brian, yours was awesome. I loved yours and Marcus Merritt. Um, yeah. or not Marcus Merritt, Mark, uh, what's his name? Mark Milioni. Sorry. I've got that, uh, got that brain fog going on right now, but Mark Milioni, yours and Craig Edwards literally are one of my top three mm. messages in my life. And, uh, I'm excited for you to hear on new year's Eve, Craig Edwards sermon from the, for the sake of the gospel conference. And then uh, we're going to do in January, we've got some great stuff lined up as we start year four of the recovering fundamentalist podcast. We ain't going nowhere. We're just getting started, and uh, we've got a couple great episodes to start off. We're going to be doing an apologetics series right there with the guys from Explore Christianity from the For the Sake of the Gospel Conference, and uh, we've got some interviews lined up, and uh, it's going to be great. We're already in the year 2023. Can y'all believe that this started sitting in quarantine, looking at a Zoom call at J103 Radio, and here we are moving into the fourth year of the podcast and they said our content would run out in four episodes come on guys and we proved that wrong by a long shot i love it this might be the first time the three of us have ever succeeded <laughs> hey you know what I, I was thinking something the other day things have been incredibly silent since we've been playing the conference sermons yeah, yeah. which lets you know that our biggest critics can't find anything to criticize and i mean I'm, I'm sure they could nitpick it but dude that was some solid gospel preaching it was amazing i mean every one of you guys did a great job all the guest speakers did an incredible job but i think that's just a testament because uh, our critics typically have non-stop complaints about things that are going on but then when something good happens crickets yep yeah, it's but sad. we've learned not to focus on the critics. We've heard so much positive feedback and, and so many yeah. good things from that. Plus the things God did has done in people's lives, people getting saved, people rededicating their lives. So many good things happening. It's been good. I love the quote from Mark Milioni. He says, lions do not worry themselves with the opinions of mice. That's a good word. Yes, sir. Well, guys, we are right here at Christmas Eve. Eve, you got big plans? Are y'all doing Nathan? You're done, right? You're not doing a Christmas Eve service or anything, are you? Yeah, we've got uh we we're just kind of keeping it on the oh. down low for some of some of our critics out there. Again, yeah. uh they, they're already making accusations, but they don't they don't have to know everything that's going on here. But we had a service yeah. last night, and then there's some plans for Sunday as well. But yeah, man, awesome. Good things are happening. That's good. Well, guys, what are your favorite Christmas traditions? Because you know, I had a conversation today with David Velasquez about the fact that, you know, when I was coming out of fundamentalism, I think I put a bullseye on all tradition. Mm -hmm. And if it is tradition, then ultimately it's wrong. But traditions are fine as long as you call them traditions, as long as you call them what they are. You know, in the scripture, when tradition made the word of God of no effect, it's because they had elevated tradition to equality with God's word. I think traditions can be great as long as we identify them simply as traditions. So Nathan, JC, what are your favorite 
Christmas traditions? Because this is a really traditional time of year. Yeah. And Brian, we had this conversation years ago when I first came on board with Hope Church. I remember sitting in a meeting with you and we were talking about traditions, mostly in a negative way, because we were talking about negative traditions. And I I just kind of in the middle of that, I was like, guys, you know, traditions aren't bad. You know, their traditions right. are good as long as we don't elevate them over scriptures. And we we had a really good conversation about some positive traditions and how Hope Church was building new traditions uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, were were helpful. And it, after I said that, Brian just started laughing out loud in the group and he goes, guys, look around. He says, isn't it funny that the only guy here with skinny jeans is talking about how much he loves tradition. <laughs> so I, I like to I like to try to mix it up just a little bit. But I love Christmas. I love Christmas traditions. Food, I guess, would be the most uh, non-spiritual tradition that I love. Just gathering around, which I don't know. Sometimes I think maybe food can be a holy experience. God gave it to us. We're enjoying his good gifts. We're expressing gratitude for it. But man, I enjoy the food. My wife makes these sausage balls that are amazing. And she makes a few other Christmas treats. And I just, I just love it. Gathering around, eating with the family, hanging out, the Christmas music. It's amazing. And then um, this whole debate has got me thinking about really what the church is and mm. and what what it is that we do. Yes, we all agree, the three of us as pastors, that we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But, right. you know, Paul also talks about not elevating one day over another. We don't observe the Sabbath. Obviously, mm-hmm. the church is called to gather together. Uh, I don't see a problem with with moving a, a service from s- Sunday morning to a Saturday night or a Wednesday night, whatever it is that we do. That's not canceling church because church is not a building and church right. isn't something. It's when the body of Christ gathers together. But here's my point in saying all that. One of my favorite worship traditions is that me and my family literally worship Jesus together every single Christmas morning before we ever open the presents. We read through the Christmas story. We pray together. We we give thanks. It's a special, special moment. And it's church. <laughs> the church of Jesus Christ is gathered together. And all over the city, all the members of the of each local church we're gathering together as family, and honestly, that's that's such a holy, sacred time. I think anybody that's discounting it, their arguments would make sense to me if we were not holding church on a Sunday morning to go to an NFL football game or right. to go do something else that's ridiculous. But we're literally gathering together with our families, worshiping Jesus, exchanging gifts, as a sign of him giving his greatest gift. So every Christmas morning that that my family has gathered together, and even before I was married and have kids with with my parents and brother and sister, we've always read the Christmas story, worshiped Jesus together, and just had some of the most amazing family times together gathered around the Christmas tree. I agree. I think, you know, just the nostalgia of this time of the year, um, it's it's something that I look forward to. 
you know, my wife growing up, we've talked about this on the earlier episodes, but she didn't get Christmas. It's just not a tradition that her family participated in. She worked every Christmas. It was just another day. And my mom, Kathy, she starts decorating my mom. This is fun fact. She leaves a Christmas tree up all year long and it sits over in the corner of her room and it'll become in February. It's a Valentine's Christmas tree and Mark. And then whoever's birthday it is, whoever's birthday it is, your pictures go on the tree. So we literally have grown up with Christmas being, I love everything about Christmas. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the wonder, the magic. I just love the feeling. I loved remembering as a kid going to McDonald's and and getting the the Christmas toys and the Happy Meals and stuff like that. There's just something about, and what I, the older I get, the more I realize it's being around people that I love. And it's not necessarily like the quantity of time, because for me, Christmas was the time I was going to get to see my cousins because all of our families are up in Illinois and, you know, we would drive and, I remember the nostalgia of listening to the old dial radio in our massive car that we were driving that big old, whatever Oldsmobile and my brother up in the window, the back window asleep and my sister in the seat and I'm laying on the floorboard and looking out the window and, and watching the moon go through the trees while my dad's changing the dial radio to find Dude. the Christmas song. Like that's the stuff I remember. I remember my grandfather with a cupcake and a candle in it and he reads the Christmas story and all 27 of my cousins, we sing happy birthday to Jesus. Cheesy. Yes. But it's something I remember. I remember mm-hmm. just the nostalgia of just being around family. And the older I get, the less family that's there because they've passed on. And, you know, um, with my grandma and, and, you know, being it last Christmas was our first one without Papa. And it was different. It was just like, I, it's just something you never think they're not, not going to be there. You know what I mean? And so the older I get, the more I'm just learning to take it every moment. And I don't know about y'all. I'm a very, like, I don't know if it's because I've had daughters and now I cry at everything or what it is, but like, I will look back at our Christmas cards and just see how big my kids are getting and mm-hmm. how they are and like yes, sir. this year buying things that my son's probably going to think stupid but i'm like no last year he would have been tearing up the house when he opened this because he thought it was so exciting they're just growing up and to me i sit back and i'm like i just want to take in every moment and i'm like how do i just take this all in pictures are one thing and here's here's just a personal thing if i could be honest with y'all i've noticed that looking back at holidays and birthdays and christmas I'm not in any of the pictures because I'm taking the pictures. And so I've made it an effort. Nathan does good at this. He gets in all of the pictures. He'll hand his phone to somebody and be like, Hey, take a picture. I look back and my wife and kids, I have a document of them over the last, you know, 15 years, but I'm behind the camera and I'm like, ah, I need to start getting in those pictures with them because I want them to see dad in that with them. It's just the little things like that. I have a theory, JC, that it's not a selfie if somebody's in the picture with you, that's, that's a groupie. So selfies groupie. are only yeah. when it's yourself. So yeah, right. you got to do that more groupies. True. I got to get more groupies, but like, you know, I, I noticed that this year. And so we took a picture with the whole family and I was like, that's what I want to be part of. It's just, I think honestly, the traditional part for me is just being present, like taking in every moment. Of course we start that now y'all know that we do Halloween as our Christmas and it's, we get two months of this. So literally by 
two days from now, I'm done with Christmas music. <laughs> December 26th, I'm sick of it. I'm like, let's get the trees down. Let's get the Christmas music done because it's been two months of this. But I just, I, I love the wonder of my kids. I put one random thing in their stocking and every morning they're like, the stockings get more full. Listen, my oldest son figured out a long time ago that the jolly old fat man is me. Sorry if I just ruined that for any of you college students, but, um, you know, like, <laughs> and he told all of his brothers and sisters. And so there is the fear at Christmas time. We keep our kids away from other kids because we're worried we're going to get an email that they've ruined it for, you know, somebody. It literally happens every year. Yeah. Uh, but for them, my kids, they still play around like, oh, he's coming tonight, guys. Who's going to eat the cookies? And I'm like, Santa likes Little Caesars. And, you know, it's just funny <laughs> to see what they will leave out. I think for me, it's just the whole, it's, it's all of it. It's every part of it from the spiritual side. And this is my first year getting to be a pastor of a church and leading our church through a, a Christmas series, you know, as the, as the pastor. And it's just been awesome to talk about the hope of Christmas, the, the joy of Christmas, the peace that comes and It's just being able to talk about more than just the glitz and the glamour, but the, the true meaning of that not saying that because I get to preach it that, that I've not figured it out before, but it's just, it's hitting on a whole different level this year. Yeah. And I think now that I've got kids that are old enough to appreciate the gifts and this is kind of cool. My son, Caden, he's about to turn 13. Um, he has taken money that he has saved up and we didn't know he was doing this. Uh, he has saved up his money all year long and he just went with my mom and went and bought all of us presents. It's like the first time oh, nice. our buy us presents. He comes in, he's had them wrapped, and he's just starting to put presents under the trees. And I'm like, man, that's what it's about. You know, we're teaching him it's better to give than to get in those ways. And that's his own money that he's saved up, that he's buying gifts. So, you know, I think when it comes to this time of the year, it's it's just everything. I'm turning into a big old sap, man. I just Yes, you are. Much. There's nothing wrong Here. with that. I know. It's just not normal for me. I've been smiling the whole time I've been hearing you talk. You know, Christmas Christmas is an incredible time of year. I, I realized that as a, a kid, our family didn't have a lot of money, but the one thing that we did have was one another. Yeah. You know, when my papa died, he was our hero, an amazing man. Had you guys known him, you would have loved him. He was hilarious. He was loving. He was sentimental. He was affectionate. But when he died, he only had a little canister of some money in an old coffee can under the sink and his house only sold for 20 some thousand dollars but he would always say i'm the richest man in the world and the reason he said that was because of his family and guys i miss this so badly but from the time i was a teenager until the very last christmas that i celebrated with him there'd be all those edwards in one place more edwards than there should be yeah. anywhere at one time <laughs> Yeah. And my papa would always call me over and he would say, Bryony, just think I started every bit of this. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I miss that. But, yeah. you know, there's a tradition that I've come to deeply love. Denise and I have been together now for 35 years, which is hard to believe. You know, we only lived without one another for 16, 17 years. And so we've been together the majority of our lives at this point. I was five when y'all got together. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> um, but thank you for pointing that out. Um, I love you. Why, why you come against my wife like that, JC? This is not <laughs> just, just about not me now. Name. This I is a story about us. I never interrupted your story. <laughs> I never, I never did anything while you were talking. 
but no, we've been together for 35 years. And, um, and when I first came into her family, her dad, John, every Christmas, he reads the Christmas story. And then as my kids came along and then his other grandkids came along, even when they were babies and they were crying or they were kids and they were fighting over opening the toys as quickly as they could, the whole family is called to silence and he reads the Christmas story. Do you know, I've been watching him now read that story for 35 years and I've never yet ever seen him read it without crying. Mm. He reads it every time as if he appreciates it as if it's the first time he's ever read it. And, and so now all the grandkids, they're grown. Marley is the youngest at 19. Can you believe come Christmas time, they can't wait for grandpa to read the Christmas story. And now as he reads that, they cry along with him. He cries, they're crying. It's become such a special time. And, you know, we don't see that that kind of behavior at any other time of year. This year provokes something in us that is uncommon. It's an uncommon kindness and uncommon sentimental approach to family and love and the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. And it's it it's just the most wonderful time of year. Somebody ought to write a song about that. Yes, it really it is. is. And I think that's really one of the reasons we wanted to jump on here tonight is to just share with our RFP fam, because starting off year four, this has been a family that we have grown to love. And, uh, you know, there's, there's even some people in your own family that <laughs> you won't go on vacation with them, but you'll cry at their funeral. You know what I mean? Like there's folks in the <laughs> RFP fam like that, but we just wanted to come on tonight and just tell you that we love you. And uh, we thank you for, for being here with us. This has been a journey. Um, that we have been on for the last four years. And thanks for being right there with us, friends and foes. And uh, guys, I think tonight in the form of a good tradition, I think it'd be good to end this Christmas Eve Eve episode with us just reading the Christmas story. What do you think? Amen. Oh, man, that's like our own little episode of Charlie Brown. Nate, can you can you set the mood? Cue the music. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. 
For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Now let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And this is the Christmas story. That's what it's all about. I love it. Well, RFP fam and friends and those that are listening from Nathan, Brian, myself here at the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, Merry Christmas. Merry Guys, Christmas. Guys, I love you. Merry Christmas to you. Love you, JC, Nathan. Merry Christmas. Love you guys. Y'all have a good week. Be sweet. Until next year, peace.
Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your T-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.